It's absolutely okay not to be okay, but here at the Morning Beat, we're more than okay. We're fantastic. We're, we're fabulous. Fanta- we're Michaela. back. Okay, Michaela. I'm introducing you, so you have to stay quiet until I say my work wife, Michaela Gordon, is back in the studio. Go ahead. You just can't help yourself, can you? No, keep giving me compliments. You can't let me give you the introduction you deserve. Give it. Just take, take it again. Take it from the top. After take it from the top. another vacation. Take it from the top. Of. Working vacation, Orlando, Florida, gay days, lived your best life. AJ, I am so tired. These lesbians and gay men have worn me out. I am no longer part of the community. I am so tired. I'm going back to straight life where they're doing straight things. Yeah, honey, I marched in one pride parade Sunday and I'm still recovering. That's it. I have a blister on my left toe. It's it's the whole thing. It's the blister. And I will talk about that blister for the next two weeks because that's what men do. I'm going to whine about it. But you somehow just keep on trucking along. Okay, I'm trucking. But if you listen to this voice, she is broken. Yeah. She is confused. What did you think of your first gay days? Obsessed. It's so fun, right? We okay. should try to go next year, and I need to get Emil. We need to get our partners there and just go live our best lives. Well, I think I'm going to be able to get us, um, uh, actually, seriously, to be able to do it in LA this September. Oh, I think yeah. they're trying to hire me for them for the LA we'll one. We'll go to that. Well, it's not no, no, fun. but I'll get you hired too. I want to get hired to host something. Yeah, yes. it was so much fun. Yes, but Orlando's a vibe. It rains every day at three for twenty minutes, and then it's hot again. First of all, it did rain every day, and also my hair never looked uglier. I could never but, live in Orlando. But your, humidity, s- your skin never looked better. I bet the humidity of it all. I'd rather have dry skin and great hair. <laughs> <laughs> that is so because it was a mess. Um, it was so much fun. I love Orlando. I love our listeners. Um, <clears throat> I did stay across the street from a Chili's, and it took me everything not to go. Oh, that's that's problematic. I know. You know, I so, so this I know. is so random. But my aunt and uncle, my uncle Jim and Aunt Kathy, they live in Oklahoma City, right? You have an aunt Kathy? I have an aunt Kathy, a mom Kathy, a stepmom. I have a Kathy? lot, right? Yes, it's a lot. And my first girlfriend in my entire life was named Kathy. It's a what lot. What is it with the name? I don't Kathy? know. It's pretty basic. And it was from that era, okay? In the Midwest. Okay. So they're coming to the wedding, super excited, and their favorite restaurant on the planet. Chili's. Yeah, it's the potatoes. Chili's. They go all the time. They literally love it. I remember going to visit them one time when we were kids. They ate it then, they eat it now. 25 years later, they still love chilies. 30 years, probably. It's like Outback Steakhouse, which I also went to. Mm -hmm. We were at the airport. Okay, also, I've never had a flight delay in the way that I've had a flight delay this weekend. Yeah, everything's getting delayed right now. Everything. Mm -hmm. It was like a tropical storm. So I was forced to stay at the airport for like 16 hours, which I did not want to do. Did they have wine by chance? They, I drank all the wine. I know. I saw on your Instagram. I had. <laughs> I, I went to Bahama Breeze. Oh, God. Just trash. I got the taste tester oh, of wine. A flight, it's called a flight. Okay, a flight. A flight of, <laughs> wow, wine flight. Okay. It was trash, You're but so... I really enjoyed it. I'm happy to be home, though. I missed you terribly, and I'm ready to go to your wedding now. <sighs> well, I'm excited for my wedding. It's getting closer and closer. We're not announcing the date. You'll know when it happens, uh, and you'll know when Michaela and I are not in studio for exactly. an entire week. <laughs> it's coming up, though. Uh, do I want to do this right now, Vanessa? Am I? Do we have a giveaway I want to tell our listeners about? Yeah. Oh, iconic. I'll tell you about this now before we get into some news on the beat. Uh, Channel Q has your chance to win tickets to see Kinky Boots at the iconic Hollywood Bowl (gasps) next month. Jake Dupree. Jake Dupree is in this. Yes, a good friend of ours. Yes. The winner of six Tony Awards, including Best Musical Kinky Boots, inspired by a true story, tells the story of an unlikely friendship built around some very unlikely shoes. Uh, Wayne Brady is coming back to play Lola, Lola, which is incredible. Todd Hall has played that role on Broadway as well. Uh, Jake Shears as Charlie. 
And award uh, Tony Award winner Marissa Jarrett Winoker is playing Pat. Wow. I love, love, love. It's July 8th, 9th, and 10th, uh, Hollywood Bowl this summer. So much fun. Uh, so be listening to Channel Q every morning in the 8 o'clock hour uh, for your chance to win. We're going to talk about that uh, throughout the week, I'm sure. Uh, but tickets are also <clears throat> on sale at HollywoodBowl.com. Kinky Boots is fun. I've seen Kinky it. Kinky Boots is so I saw them probably fun. years ago. Yeah. So, so, so good. Uh, let's do some news on the beat. Okay, babe. Approximately 5% of young adults in the U.S. identify as transgender or non-binary. And an increasing number say they know someone who is trans. Adults younger than 30 are more likely than older Americans to say their gender differs from their sex assigned at birth. The findings estimate that the total number of adults who identify as transgender or non-binary in the U.S. is 1.6%. The new data, which was weighted to be representative of the entire U.S. adult population, comes from an online survey panel from mid-May of... uh, 188 randomly sampled people. The findings are part of a broader survey that will be released some point this summer about the general public's attitudes about gender identity and issues related to people who are transgender or non-binary, the report says. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. A high of... 86 in Miami, 68 in San Francisco, 84 in Atlanta, 71 in Cleveland, 107 in La Quinta, 82 in Boston, and 96 in Dallas. Now go ahead and give us a vibe of the day. It is not in the stars to hold our destiny, but in ourselves. Oh, I love that. Make room for your destiny. Yeah, you're in control of it. Hold it, honey. Mm. All right, coming up, this is a big deal. Drunk people all over the world are cheering loudly. How do you feel about being able to unsend text messages? <laughs> oh, I feel like I don't know how I feel. I've got mixed feelings. I'll tell you about it coming up in seven minutes. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. All right, this one's going to divide people. Big news from the world of Apple is iOS 16 will let you edit and even unsend text in messages. How many times have you found yourself in a moment where you're like, unsend, 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 can't do it. First of all, this is for the week. This is for the week. You send what you send. (laughs) You say what you say. And that is how you deal with it. Don't even make me drag you right now. I'm not going to, but don't make me drag you. I will say this. (laughs) If there's anything I could unsend, it would be the screenshot of text messages Half the time that I'm trying to send you that I just send to the person that I'm talking about. (laughs) Sure. So that feels like a good thing to me. However, oof. This is wild. What does this look like? Because this is interesting to me because I because you can do this on I think WhatsApp. Yeah. So WhatsApp. Oh, can you? Yeah. Well, because uh, here's how I know. Because as we are planning getting closer and closer to our wedding, one of our vendors in Mexico who's doing like the floral decor and like the special things, right? My fiance and I have a text thread on WhatsApp with her. And then we each have our separate ones because he has things apparently he's surprising me with. Don't look me in the eyes, Michaela. And I have surprises for him as well. So poor, poor Carmen has to deal with us together. This is what I want that he can't know about. And this is what he wants that I can't know about. And you have to find a way to fit them into the day so they don't like conflict with each other. Right. It's co- so I was sending her messages in a group the other day. And then the next message I sent was details about a surprise that I have planned for him that I sent in a group. <gasps> thank God, though, WhatsApp was able, I unsent it. Oh, so my he God. Never thank God. It. But now you can do it on Apple as well. Listen, I think it's cool. <clears throat> I feel like, though, that the cheating will have to commence because 
it says that you'll have the ability to edit or unsend a message uh, for 15 minutes. You can also recover deleted messages for up to 30 days. Mm. What are these cheating scandals going to do? Wait. Like, oh, whoa. That's what I'm saying. That's even bigger. <clears throat> you can recover deleted messages for 30 days. Yeah, so if you. That's not deleted then. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's just hidden. Yes, exactly. <gasps> so if you're doing some shady stuff, sister, you better be very careful that your partner cannot get their hands on your phone. That's. Because they will be able to read it all. Okay, so. And I would read it all. If Lisa was doing anything shady, I would absolutely pick up her phone and look at it. Okay, so for the 50, well, the Thank two you. times I've picked up a partner's phone in my life, both times they were cheating. No! I found out both times because I had a gut feeling. One happened to be a T-Mobile Razor, so that's how long ago that was. And the other one was an iPhone, um, but he's now invited to the wedding. Did you have so. a beeper with that <laughs> T-Mobile? I used to have a beeper. I wanted a beeper so bad. My I older had, sister had an emerald green one, and I was like, that's so I had one, but I don't think that it worked or was set up, but like a buddy gave it to me, and I carried it around when I was in college so I could look like exactly. a drug dealer, apparently. <clears> exactly. Exactly. Turns out that was about. Um, <laughs> this is interesting. I think the deleted message thing is weird because there's something about the feeling of deleting things that feels so good. And I, I want to let it go. Right. I don't want to sit there because here's what I'll do. I'll delete a whole bunch of things. And for 30 days, I'll think about it. And I'm like, wait, should I, should I save it? Should I save that thing? I don't know. Mm. And also, I so I do this a lot on my phone. I delete entire me- like message threads, text threads with people all the time. And it's not necessarily, and I have because I wanted to, you know, hide things from, I don't necessarily need people to see that I was talking to like an ex happened to text me. I don't need that there. But it's not necessarily that I'm hiding something. Maybe like eight or nine years ago it was. Yeah. Now, I, this sounds so, this is going to sound so LA. I don't like the, like the bad juju and the energy in my phone. I don't want to text, I don't want to text thread with somebody in my phone that I don't really like that much. That maybe just reached out to me because they happen to have my number and I'm not really friends with them. I don't rock with them that way. I'll delete the text thread just because I'm like, or if they have a bad attitude, I just delete it because I don't want it there. Because I, I don't want to scroll through and I happen to see it and it affect my mood. To be fair, you're talking to somebody with 861 unread messages and many, 441 missed calls. Do you so, know how many, I mean, I'm not deleting anything over I here. I have zero. Zero, zero, and zero. What? I always have mine at zero. That drives me crazy. Emil, my partner, will have like thousands of unread messages. Yeah, mess- I've got like, thousands. What on earth are you <clears throat> doing? It's because I belong to these group messages where they don't shut up. Oh, Channel Q? Many of one you of many. You me to that one. Let's talk about the awkward moment the other day. Let's talk about the awkward we were, moment. We were talking about, uh, cha- no, no, we're not going to go there. But we're we're not, talking okay, to let's go there. Channel with Q group and thread. Ryan. Channel, channel <laughs> Q group thread. And uh, we're talking about Pride stuff. We're all get together for Pride weekend. And then all of a sudden I see our boss. I see him making adjustments to the group thread. And it says, somebody has oh, been removed from the thread. This person has been removed. people. Yeah, so like all the poor people who are no longer here. Yeah. And our names are still there. And my name is there because you added me to the thread, even though I asked you many times not to. You're welcome, Daddy. Mm. Good morning, B. Channel Q. All right, it's time for another round of Am I the A-hole? You decide who the A-hole is in this situation. You know, when it comes to parenting, right, uh, it's a a really, really, really touchy subject, whether they're actual human children or pets. Telling somebody else how to handle their home is usually a no-no. Yes. If I'm going to come over and tell you how to be a, a dog mom to Rocco... You're probably not going to take that that well. Exactly. And just like I would not want you to tell me how to raise Kingston. Totally. We don't have human children, by the way, uh, which is why this is a really interesting conversation. So there's a 23-year-old female. She had just come off of a very long flight. She was waiting for her bags in the baggage claim area. We're all a little bit testy at that point, right? You've been cooped up on a plane. Traveling is not easy. You just want to get your bags, 
get out to the Uber and go home, right? Well, there was a family whose child, somewhere between the ages of 10 and 12 probably, was skateboarding in the baggage claim area. She says, he kept uh, getting in people's way, but nobody said anything until the little brat ran into me. He knocked me over and it hurt really bad. And they said nothing. I was furious. So as another man was helping me up, I looked at his parents and said very sarcastically, good decision. I think letting him ride a skateboard inside a crowded room was a great choice. A plus. The boy's mom got in her face, started yelling at her. Her husband pulled her away and they went off uh, to the other side of the carousel. And she shares this story online and and people have different opinions. Like, on one hand, this kid should not have been riding a skateboard. Yeah, well, what's he doing riding a skateboard in an airport? Knocks somebody down. On the other hand, uh, parents sometimes, some of these people who are parents are saying, you don't talk to my kid that way. You do not reprimand my kid. Who's the but, a-hole? But she didn't reprimand the kid. She reprimanded the parents. Mm. She didn't speak directly to the kids. She You're looked right. at them and said, way to go. Great job. After they didn't say anything, after their kid was riding a skateboard in an airport. And listen, well, the, the, have you ever bumped your head? Have you ever like jammed your finger? Like when you get hurt, yeah. you can, it hurts so bad. And you're like, what the crap? Well, like so you you're flip em- out. You're also embarrassed. You you're just embarrassed. fell down. Well, yeah. apparently the, the mother said something along the lines of who the F do you think you are? Don't talk about my kid that way. But she, she didn't. Mad. But again, it's important because listen, I would never let anybody talk about my child, my niece, my nephew, your child. Sure. Like it's just not going to happen. However, she didn't say anything. She didn't even say anything about the kid. She said, A plus, way to go, letting him ride the skateboard. Great decision. Yeah. She didn't say your kid sucks. Yep. She didn't say your kid's a loser. Hey, hey, kid, you're an idiot. She didn't say that to him. She just said sarcastically, great decision it's letting so, him ride the skateboard. It's so rude and so baffling to me. There are so many bad parents out there. I remember one time I worked at the Cheesecake Factory in Columbus, Ohio, at the Easton Town Center. If you're from Ohio, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And at the time, we were the busiest restaurant in the state of Ohio. Like, we were always packed. And... Our, a co-worker of mine, he was one of the, like, the lead trainers. His name was Harry. The gayest, gayest person you'll ever meet in your entire life. And one of my favorite <laughs> human beings on the planet. He was just, he used to run around uh, the restaurant doing choreography from Cats, the musical. Oh my God, like, I'm obsessed licking, with Harry. Licking his own paw. Stop, Harry! And, and, and then adjusting his, you know, scratching his Harry. ears. Hilarious. He, he, he called himself Rum Tum Tugger. Okay? <laughs> and... So he, the way he would handle people who were being bad parents, because we had a lot of families that would come in, and his section was always one of the best sections, meaning he had like six tops. You know what I mean? <clears throat> if you're like a, new, a new server, you get like the two tops or the four tops. Oh, yeah. The good servers get all the six tops. Oh, yeah. So he had the six top section. And a lot of families sit there. And there was this kid one time clanging away with their, their metal silverware. We know they have those marble tabletops at the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. Right? Very loud, just banging, 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 while he's in the middle of taking an order for this table. And he literally closes his little server book, puts it in his little slot, um, grabs the silverware out of the kid's hands, walks away. And I'm standing here watching this thing go down in real time. Oh, God. Walks away, comes back with a little uh, plastic set of to-go silverware, lays it down. He goes, there you go, honey. We don't bang metal in, in this restaurant. Okay, what can I get for you? And he goes on to the next person. And Obsessed. I was like, and the parents, the parents, just, their eyes were like, oh my God. Obsessed. Obsessed. And I was so uncomfortable, but also I was like, that is such a genius. That was such a genius thing because he was yeah. obviously being so, so snotty to this little kid. 
without the kid even knowing it. But totally, the I love definitely it. Definitely got the message. I love it. I think it's so great. Yeah, I, I mean. There's ways to handle it for sure. Again, don't talk directly to my kid if you have anything to say. But the woman didn't. She literally just said, uh, great job. A plus. A plus. <laughs> and it's true. The least they could have done was it, uh, it apologized. Yeah. So, it sounds to me like both parents are the a-holes. The mom maybe a little bit more so. But both of them are not present. And 100%. not paying attention to their kid. You don't let your kid skateboard indoors no, in a crowded stupid. space. Come on. Come on, you idiots. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Oh, finally. What's popping back into the the hands of the one it belongs to? I don't know how to introduce that. Just but give me Ma- just give me my second. Michaela back. Gordon, you're what's popping. You're what's popping. You do it. And you. you. Okay, what's popping? Okay. Uh <laughs> what's happening is uh Andy Cohen is fully backing Bravo's decision to not do the queer eye reboot. While speaking to Jeff Lewis, um, the Real Housewives mogul opened up about the Bravo Network ultimately turning down the revival series of the original Queer Eye reality show. Uh, he said, I don't think it would have been a huge show on Bravo. I don't. And I don't think people are watching linear television in the way that they are watching Netflix. He said, and I think it premiered on Netflix and people loved it. Oh, so the reboot. Yes. Got it. Yes. Mm-hmm. He said it was going to be super expensive. Queer Eye was a super expensive show to make. And I think Bravo probably made the right move not to do the show because I just don't think it would have been a hit. I think what he's saying is specifically on Bravo. There was a place for it, and Bravo, he doesn't know if that was the home. But people are kind of dragging him. I don't know why, though. It doesn't feel homophobic at all. He's just saying that Bravo's audience isn't the Queer Eye audience. He's a businessman. I think that Netflix is exactly where it should have been. Exactly. And you don't get the opportunity that you get on a Bravo that you would get on Netflix. The only thing that does well on Bravo, really, is Housewives. The Housewives. That's it. They love the drama. And all their spinoffs. That's all. That's all they have. And so, for Queer Eye on Netflix, it was a media blitz. You can binge watch the entire season at once and get super excited about it. And then a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth season can come out within six months. Right. Like, they crank <clears throat> them out so quickly. I think... People don't understand that like Andy's in a position of power where he understands like how the sausage is made. Yeah. Right? It's not because it's homophobic. At all. But it's a better place. Like Netflix is a better place for them. Totally. And it's also, it is a difficult, we've been pitching shows like crazy lately and and uh, we talked to Netflix not that long ago and they said if we, if somebody brought us Queer Eye today, we wouldn't buy it. But also Netflix is going through a lot right uh-huh. now. They purchased all these shows. They're having a hard time too. Like everyone's just trying to figure it uh-huh. out because television is not being watched the same way, same way that Content it was. Content is being consumed, but television is not. It's different. It's right. shifted so drastically. And I think they're all just trying to figure out like what is next. And also that would be like, hey, should we put Euphoria on Bravo? Uh, no, it belonged in HBO Max. Yeah, like there's different, percent. you know. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I agree with the decision as well. All right, coming up in the next hour, it's Red, White, and Q. What to expect? Back from the January 6th hearings, we have a political reporter joining us next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. All right, coming up this hour, the January 6th hearings are about to start. What can we expect? All sorts of reports coming out Wait, that... Are we still talking about Well, this? the things that we actually learn from this committee could be so, so damning to the Republican Party that they can't recover. On the other hand, it could cause them to go even more radical and more conspiratorial uh, than they have the last few years, which God forbid that happened. So I'm curious to see what this this bipartisan panel, mostly Democrats, but still bipartisan panel, I want to see what they've come up with. Uh, Because we all know who Donald Trump is. I don't care if you support him or not. You know who he is. You know the guy's, uh, he's a fraud. 
Yeah. We get that. But can they prove it? I'm curious to see. Uh, we've got a political uh, expert from the Washington Post, a reporter actually joining us for Red, White, and Q in about 13 minutes to, to, to let us know what they know, what they're saying you know, on Capitol Hill and what we as, as Americans can expect in the coming weeks. It's going to get wild. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. <sighs> it's Wednesday. It's kind of your Monday. I get. I mean, I feel like I haven't been to work in weeks. So your and flight? honestly, I feel like I need a nap. I've been gaying all weekend you and the so prior gaying. weekend. Yeah. I'm straight. Well. I'm changing my, I'm changing. It is exhausting to be gay. Straights never, ever have to celebrate pride and fight for their rights and yeah. perform whilst doing so. Like, what do they have? And like, be beautiful. The Super Bowl's a big deal for them. They have yeah, to it's watch, once they a year. They have to watch the whole game. We just watch the halftime show. And eat show. Doritos. They're big on 4th of July. They love American they pride. They do love hot dogs. Um, what else do they do? Are they really, really into? <sighs> a Memorial Day? I don't know. I, what, listen, what else? I don't. They're, what they're not doing is 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 what I'm doing. Yeah, no. Okay? Mm-mm. Did you have to go to Orlando to perform for 2000 Horny, beautiful women who wanted a piece of me. I don't know if they did, but I just like women. to think of it that way. Women. Yes, babe. I had to go by Girls in Wonderland to sing Honey. Oh, you did that too? Yes, I told you that. I it's just confused. so hard to keep up with me because I'm a Kardashian. get confused. <laughs> I didn't keeping know. Up with Michaela, keeping up with Michaela. Keeping up with the Kardashian. Well, my mom's keeping up with you, apparently. She well, your mom's. She liked one of your uh, yeah. your TikToks. Listen, listen, Kathy Kardashian. She did like one of my TikToks, and it was the most raging lesbian TikTok video I've I'm ever made. I'm curious to see how this goes down because my mom used to play sports, and she was on. She uh, she they tried to recruit her to play on a softball team in my hometown back in the day called the Suns, and she was like, oh. I, she's like, I couldn't do it. I feel like they were all lesbians, and I was just nervous. Couldn't do it. This is back in like the 1980s or 70s. Like mm-hmm. this is a while ago, and I'm right. like. Interesting how far we've come, Kathy, because now you're come. liking Michaela's very, very lesbian posts. So Yeah, well, you know what, Kathy? She's an ally now. We're not too far from the wedding, Kath, and those tequila shots are staring us right back in the face. You give my mom three shots of tequila, and you wear that swimsuit you wore, and she is going to be your best friend in the world. Listen, I'm going to wear a skank your swimsuit now. <laughs> I'm going to skank it out at your Between wedding. my mom and my brother-in-law, Jerry, <laughs> you're going to have a fan Don't club. Don't worry, Jer. Uh, it's going to be a great day. Yeah. It's going to be a great day today. If you mess up my sister's marriage after 20 years, I swear to God, I, want, I would want your sister, not Jerry. Your <laughs> sister should be worried. Fair. Jerry, hold on to your wife. I'm coming to town. <laughs> You're so awful. All right, it's time for some news on the beat. What do you have for us? All right, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention raised its monkeypox alert level on Monday. Oh, God, monkeypox. Oh, yeah, I this forgot. Is, this is happening now. And recommended travelers wear masks while cautioning that it was not on the same level of concerns as COVID-19. Oh my God, Re- wear masks. Monkeypox presents as flu-like symptoms before patients develop a painful rash and lesions and swollen lymph nodes. The incubator- <laughs> You're reading this for the first time live oh on the air, God. aren't you? You but had no I've idea. I've been feeling a little flu-like and I'm scared. My lymph nodes feel a little swollen and I got to sing tomorrow. Lesions? Lesions? Michaela, this is monkeypox. <laughs> I love monkeys, but I don't want this disease. Wow. The CDC said cases have been reported on every continent aside from Antarctica. 
How many continents are there in the world? Seven. Okay, good job. I said that fast too. You You're surprised. Actually, I was really I impressed by that. I know. I was a little nervous. I was like, don't, don't get this wrong, Michaela. Mm. The incubation period between exposure and when symptoms first appear can be anywhere from five to twenty-one days, according to the World Health Organization. <laughs> She's sweating right now. Oh I swear to God, if you bring monkeypox to my wedding, I will kill you. If we have a monkeypox oh outbreak God. because of all of your gays oh in Orlando. Oh my God! Google it. Google it, Vanessa. I think we have flu-like next- symptoms. What are flu-like? I have a sore throat. I think we. Have- you just flew and you've been singing all weekend and okay. screaming. Okay. You're okay. probably fine. All right. Probably. When's That's the last time? When's the last time you had COVID? Oh. We only had it once. When? But- In December. Oh God! You could get it again now. Stop. Great. Stop. Don't you dare bring. Watch COVID. your mouth. Well, I tested yesterday negative, so we're okay, still good, doing good. Okay, good, 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 good. I've been testing very regularly. Okay, good, good, Just good. to ensure that I'm okay. Well, this has been a very informative segment on monkeypox. Oh, monkey my pox. God. Monkeypox is like, this is where it ends. So be scared. How about let's lighten things up a, get, a bit oh, before what, you get weather? into weather? Now, before you get to weather, Kinky Boots, come into the Hollywood Bowl. This is super exciting. I don't Kinky Boots. We just did a whole story on monkeypox. The winner scared. of six Tony Awards, <laughs> including Best Musical, is inspired by a true story featuring Wayne Brady, Jake Shears, Marissa Jarrett Winoker. Jake Dupree, a good friend of ours. Uh, the weekend of July 8th, 9th, and 10th at the iconic Hollywood Bowl. Perfect, perfect summer show. Uh, tickets are available at HollywoodBowl.com. Or you can listen to our show. Uh, we're going to be giving away tickets uh, throughout the coming weeks in the 8 o'clock hour here on the West Coast, 11 o'clock hour on the East Coast. Uh, so you could win your way in. You want to give us uh, some weather? I do, but here's the thing. I don't have any of the symptoms that you have with monkeypox. Okay, good. So you're good. Yeah. You sang. Your throat hurts. I mean, that's not Okay, shocking. well, I'm just making sure. Honey, I'm scared. <gasps> you sang Can honey. Can I be scared, honey? I did sing honey. Quit promoting your song every time you try to be dramatic. I did, I did sing honey, and I whip my hair around. You guys, also singing in Florida and Orlando, the sweat. I forget what it's like to get Michaela back in studio after a vacation. It takes her a couple days to settle back into being, I know. being I a ha- human. We have to talk about like the January 6th situation, and I'm like, yeah, what, the insurrection t- what happened? And the hearing. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> okay, let's get into weather. 96 in Dallas, a high of 107 in La Quinta, a high of uh, 71 in Cleveland, 69 in Buffalo, 67 in San Francisco, 97 in Houston, 107 in Palm Springs, and 78 in LA. So nice out. All right, give us a vibe of the day. It is not in the stars to hold our destiny, but in ourselves. Love that. Look within. Look within, babe. All right, coming in, we're joined with a political reporter to talk about what we can expect from the hearings, uh, all things about January 6th, what we should know, uh, coming up in seven minutes. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. I am American, American, American. It's time for another round of Red, White, and Q. I almost feel like for this, instead of the Red, White, and Q music from RuPaul, we should have come in with uh, Billy Flynn from Chicago uh, because I feel like it's about to be a circus once these January 6th hearings start. Uh, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. The committee's been researching and investigating uh, what went down on January 6th and Donald Trump's part in all of this, uh, and here to help sort of uh, maybe make some predictions and or maybe temper our expectations a bit is a political reporter from the Washington Post, Amber Phillips. Amber, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Amber. Hi. This Thanks is, for having me, y'all. Whether you're a Trump supporter uh, or whatever the exact polar opposite of that is, which is what I am, um, what what can we expect coming out of the uh, the hearings that are starting this week? Uh, are we going to get that bombshell, that smoking gun that some of us have been hoping for? Or do you think it's just going to be a whole bunch of just chaos 
that will confuse the American people and leave us just as clueless as we've been the last year and a half? My guess would be somewhere in the middle okay. of those two. Okay. Uh, the, the committee has said, some members, there's going to be bombshells, but I've also seen reporting that says, well, one of the biggest bombshells we got scooped on. The New York Times reported last week that Trump expressed some kind of, um, what's the word, being okay with hanging Mike Pence during wow. the attack. Mm. And oh our God. understanding was that, yeah, so that was supposed, there's no my, right? But that was supposed to be the committee's bombshell, and that's technically already out there. But that that's, might be news to a lot can of I people. Just, can I follow and, up on that? Because just where sure. we are as Americans right now, right? We've been through a lot, but also I feel like Americans have become very lazy when it comes to politics. Just Just let's reiterate the fact that this report came out saying that the president of the United mm-hmm. States was okay yeah. with insurrectionists right. who broke into the Capitol okay with them hanging his own vice president like what? like how's that even a sentence that just doesn't even make headlines right now that's a good question you know i will say part of the caveat from this report it was from the new york times maggie haberman and she was so far the only one to be able to confirm this so like the washington post hasn't been able to jump on it and i that might have been why it hasn't expanded but a, another caveat is that maggie haberman you know, said we weren't sure in what context he said it. Like, was it kind of jokey? Was it sarcastic? Or was it like, hang him? You know, like, right. Well, that's always still. his, that's always his I mean, get out of jail card. Still, it's yeah. just so crazy to think that, you know, we're so busy dragging the Democrats. We're so busy saying like, oh my God, our kids should be going to church and not drag bars. Meanwhile, Lauren Boebert's husband, you know, was arrested for showing his genitals to young women just four years prior. But like, we're okay with being like, hang him. Like, it's just so crazy to me. So that's what, to get back to y'all's original question, it's a good one. That's what the committee hopes to take time to underscore is how crazy January 6th was. And, and not just that, but the month leading up to it and how President Trump and his allies, they want to tell the story of how he tried to overtly overthrow an election uh, to stay in power and how close he came. And then some of them want to accuse Trump of committing a crime. Mm. specifically trying to stop Congress from doing its job, which is a federal crime. They don't have any prosecutorial, pro, excuse me, prosecutorial powers, but what they, what they want to do is just get across exactly what you all just said. This is crazy. This was a really crazy time. It was only, you know, what, a year and a half ago. We can't forget this. And here's the best full accounting of what we know happened. This, I feel like this really genuinely is not just a make-or-break moment for Democrats whose messaging has been lackluster at best. And I'm a, I'm a die-hard liberal, and I've been so frustrated with the party, right? Um, but this is a, a stress test for democracy because if this does not provide any sort of like real answers to the American people, about what Donald Trump's role in all of this really actually was and how deeply, you know, uh, throughout the Republican Party this actually went. If we let them off the hook on this, democracy, as far as I can tell, is dead in the water. Like, what are your concerns coming out of this, regardless of the outcome? What do you think is going to happen to to democracy in America? I don't know. I will quote Liz Cheney. She's the top Republican on the January 6th committee and has been one of the most aggressive, we understand, investigators as a, in regard to everything you just said and kind of pinning Trump 
and what she said, and I'm paraphrasing, but if we don't figure out what happened and how to stop this, Trump is only ramping up his language about this. He hasn't expressed any remorse, she said this week. And that is an absolute danger for our democracy. Mm. And so what, what she wants is for the American people on all sides to have alarm bells going off in their head. Yeah. Wow. It's just really tough. It's a, you know, I feel like full transparency. I was celebrating Pride all weekend. I was having a great time. And uh, as as most of our community hopefully is, and to sort of just come back here and talk about the, you know, insurrection and everything. It's just a, it's a, very, a lot. It's a very big reality that like there's just still so much going so much. on in this world. Quickly before we let you go, uh, Amber, I know you're very, very busy. Thank you for joining us. Amber Phillips from, from the Washington Post. Um, where, where, can people watch? Is this going to be on C-SPAN? Is it going to be covered by the major networks? How long do we expect this all to go? Like, how long until this thing is played out? It'll be all month. It'll be as many as eight hearings sporadically throughout the month, starting tomorrow night at 8 p.m., which is why we're all talking about this. And prime then time. Monday, Ooh, that's, that's specific. Time. Yeah. And that's not normal for congressional committees who normally do their work during business hours, but they want you and I to tune in during dinner. And so... For them, most of the major networks are cooperating. They're going to be airing this. C-SPAN's a great option. Um, that one has, like, no analysis or anchoring if you just want the unfiltered thing. Sure. CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, NBC said they'll carry at least Thursday hearing in full. So that could be, like, 8 p.m. Eastern to midnight. The Washington Post will have anchored coverage. So we'll have analysis leading up to the hearing, and then we're going to air it in full absolutely no commercial breaks all the way till it's done and fox, and that's at Washington and fox news and newsmax will be covering trans athletes in states across yeah, the country good. So the- <laughs> fox news will not be airing the hearing shocking yeah shocking crazy. they wouldn't want their viewers to uh to learn a thing or two thank you so much amber thank phillips. you amber phillips anytime all right coming up do you think matthew mcconaughey's plea will help he uh, was very emotional about keeping schools safe and secure. But is that enough? Uh, we'll talk about it next. Good morning, Beat Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Uh, just yesterday, uh, actor Matthew McConaughey, who has sort of dabbled in politics in recent years in his home state of Texas. Uh, he traveled to Washington, D.C. He met with President Biden uh, and he called for bipartisan gun control efforts following the murders of the 19 children and two teachers in Uvalde, which is his hometown, actually. Um, so here's what he had to say, and then we'll discuss. We want secure and safe schools, and we want gun laws that won't make it so easy for the bad guys to get these damn guns. So we know it's on the table. We need to invest in mental health care. We need safer schools. We need to restrain sensationalized media coverage. We need to restore our family values. We need to restore our American values. And we need responsible gun ownership. Responsible gun ownership. We need background checks. We need to raise the minimum age to purchase an AR-15 rifle to 21. We need a waiting period for those rifles. We need red flag laws and consequences for those who abuse them. Okay, so this is interesting. So Matthew McConaughey, people don't really know how we feel about him because Republicans are kind of like, yeah, he's on our side. And Democrats are like, he's kind of on our side, but not really. But maybe, possibly, he's on the right side. Like when he talks about this, there are definitely some red flags in the things that he said. I will give him credit, though. Background checks. 
raising the age to 21 to buy an AR-15, um, red flags. Like these things are all things that I think like everyday Americans by and large support. I fully support all of those things. Here's where he gets me a little bit. He said mental health, which is fantastic. We need to invest more in our mental health. He said we need to restore our family values and restore American values. And that's where I'd like some clarification. What does that mean to him? That's what I want to know. Because you ask a family in in Texas or Oklahoma what family values are, it's going to be very different than if you go to Palm Springs or West Hollywood. You know, I I will say this. I appreciate what he's trying to do. It feels a little performative to me, but that's because I feel like he's an actor. Maybe that's just how I feel. I hear that. I think the most important thing to really talk about is uh, that I found very interesting what the laws are in other countries. In Australia, you have to join and regularly attend a hunting or shooting club or document that you're a collector. Yeah. In Austria, to get a handgun or a semi-automatic rifle, you have to prove that you're in serious physical danger. And if you bought a hunting rifle or shotgun, you have to wait three days before you can pick it up. Uh, in Canada, you have to have two different res- uh, references. In Japan, you have to take a one-day full class before you can purchase. And I think that what I was having conversations about over the weekend, and forgive me if this is something you guys already talked about, was that I'm not trying to say that people shouldn't have guns. Me and Lisa have a gun. We're two women living in a household where we want to be protected. Lisa, You have a not- handgun, though. Yeah. Not an AR-15. No, and I right. don't see the need yeah. for that. But yeah. Lisa's taken all of the classes. Lisa did all the things that you're supposed to do she's extremely responsible i have to go take classes as well and i'm a little bit scared but i'm willing to go the gun's locked up in a box of course it is of course and you know it's just to me i don't understand why the conversations aren't exactly kind of what matthew mcconaughey is saying up the pressure of how easy it is to purchase a gun here more difficult like republicans are like you want to take our guns away no we don't we're just asking you to be more responsible and go to take the classes and and why is it that 18 year olds can purchase ar-15 yeah within 24 hours and why do you need two of them 24 hours he got that gun and then shot up the school and And why people yeah why do you need them there's some deep deep questions uh that we need to ask ourselves as americans who are we if Matthew McConaughey can be the middle-of-the-road sort of guy from Texas who can help Democrats and Republicans come together, I'm all for it. And, you know, at the end of the day, he is a father. He has yeah. got three little girls, no matter what you think about him, Yep. knowing that your child could be in school. And this is his hometown. Yeah. How did you feel after the shooting in Vegas? <gasps> no, my niece and nephew, I couldn't handle it. Terrifying, right? Yeah. So uh, if it gets us closer to the end goal, which is just keeping uh, civilians safe, right? That, that's, that's, that's the bare minimum. And as Americans, we should at least be able to do that. If this conversation helps, then I'm all for it. Absolutely. All right, coming up, Little Nas X took his family to a gay club, and this is how it all went down. It's amazing. We have it for you next. Good morning, B. Channel Q. You know that's one of my favorite songs of all time. I used to vibe out to that song so hard from the Studio 54 Whatever. soundtrack. <laughs> that's right. Honestly, I came in second place in a talent show singing that song, so I don't you care did? about it. Yeah, I did. And then Luke Junger's French kissed me. Okay, so uh, let's backtrack. So you got second place. Who got first? Some bitch. Okay, and what did she sing? Do you know? <sighs> something stupid. Probably that like greatest love mine. of all or something. Yeah, definitely like a greatest love of all moment. So, I had a yellow plaid uh, summer dress on. Mm. And I said, I'm going to win. And then I got nervous and I started losing my voice a little bit. And I didn't win. I came in second place. How and old it were was you? at like a guitar center. I was 10. It's like Jean Benet Ramsey esque. 
Obviously, I was a pageant girl. Are you kidding? Wait, do you know this story? I know you. I know you did pageants in L.A. as an adult too. I did, but I did pageants when I was a little girl, and I wanted to. And we were walking out of the Tropicana when I was like ten or eleven, and I had won multiple things. I never won beauty, but I always won talent. Bitches. (laughs) And so my mom and grandma were with me, and this lady goes, "Oh, what are you doing? How dare you try to raise another John Bonet Ramsey?" And my mom went, "Why don't you go f yourself?" Mm. And then after that, I was never able to do another pageant again. And really I was deep. devastated. Really cut deep for your mom. Well, you know, Victoria doesn't handle criticism sure well. Sure does not. <laughs> uh, how about a little quick what's popping? What do you have for us? All right, well, speaking of family affairs, Lil Nas X uh, took his family to a gay club. And it was pretty iconic, all that went down. Listen, gay clubs are super fun. But he said, last weekend, I brought my family to a gay club for the first time. And it felt like a release off of my 13-year-old self's shoulders. It's one thing for your family to know you're gay, but it's a whole nother thing for them to acknowledge it and truly unlearn the hatred for it. Uh, I think it's so cute. They had a really, really good time. Um, And another friend of mine did this, and he did it uh, as a TikTok thing. But I... Gay clubs can be so much fun. Mm-hmm. And when the gays know that your family's there, they really put on a show. And they make it super, super fun and comfortable. And that's what happened for little Nas X. And I'm sure it did make him feel really good. I'll never forget the first time my mom met uh, Carson Kressley at, uh, I believe it was at either, I think it was Here Lounge, which, which is where the chapel is now next to the Abbey. Years ago, and we'd been drinking quite a bit, and she'd spilled something all over herself. And we we're like, who cares, Mom? Nobody cares. We're at a gay bar. Like, just live your best life. Wait, and she was hammered, and she met Carson Kressley with a big old spill right across her oh, chest. Oh, Mama Cat. And she was so embarrassed. She was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening right now. They literally don't care, though. We used to go. My family used to come out here and see Candace Kane perform on Monday nights at the oh, Abbey. Oh, yeah. My little sister was probably, gosh, maybe 15 at the time. And she was 13, maybe even younger. And she would sit front row. I'd be sitting there. Uh, Liz, Elizabeth Taylor would be sitting in a wheelchair Iconic. with her team next to me sipping on tequila, shots of tequila, while Candace Kane performed. Yes. And I remember my sister being pretty young because at the end of it, her jaw was on the floor the whole time. And the entire time, I thought she was going to make a comment about her transness or something. And you know what she said to me? She's the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen. And Joy. the first celebrity I've ever met. Yeah. That's, that's also, Candace Kane is the most gorgeous stunning. woman. I'm telling you, I was pro- not much older than your sister. I was probably 17 when I first started going to see Candace Kane, and she was. She is one of the true incredible early looking. trailblazers. A thousand too. percent. Yeah. All right, coming up. Are you gay? Famous? Do you even know what gay famous is? You are. And can we just call it gayness? I'll tell you that I can after this weekend. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon, Channel Q. Do you consider yourself gay? Famous? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to be gay famous. I'm working on it. Uh, my fiance and I, when we marched in the parade this weekend with Channel Q, we felt kind of gay famous because people randomly would yell out to us, we're so excited about the wedding. Congrats. And we we're like, oh, who is I that? I love it. It's interesting what happens when you put yourself on social media like we have recently. Uh, people pay attention. Whether they're commenting or liking or like whatever, they're watching. And we found it out this weekend. But gay famous is really a thing. And the author of How to Get How You Get Gay Famous, 10 Years of Drag Madness in Brooklyn, uh, is actually going to be joining us uh, this hour to talk about gay famous. I've heard of black famous. My partner tells me all the time that people are black famous. And then they don't really become famous famous until white people apparently know who they are, which is so right. problematic in so yes. many different ways. Um, but who did we have? Oh, oh, we were talking about this yesterday, I believe, when Shar was here. Shar Jossel filled in. And she was talking about... Gosh, who was the actress she was talking about? Um, 
and somebody didn't know who she was. Well, you just went through this recently with Melissa Etheridge. Oh, yeah. Who is very much not just gay famous, but like famous. Oh, my God. First of all, Melissa Etheridge is gay royalty. She should be, um, everyone should bow down to her if they don't know who she is. But a friend of mine, because I'm singing with Melissa Etheridge tomorrow night. Uh, I told, no big deal. I invite, no big deal. I invited my friend to go see the show, another lesbian, but she's Polish and she didn't know who Melissa Etheridge was. And so I completely revoked her gay card. I dragged her on Instagram. I told everyone that she's now looking for a boyfriend because she's straight, because she's no longer allowed to be a lesbian, because she doesn't know who Melissa Etheridge is, mm. because she's disrespectful. Uh, so yeah, I did just deal with that. Well, Shar was telling us about Jennifer Lewis, who is iconic, but she's uh, she's been on Blackish recently. For uh, if if you watch that show, you'll know who she yeah. is. Yeah, she was talking about how somebody didn't know who Jennifer Lewis was, and she's like, "Are you kidding me? How Jennifer do you not Lew- know who Jennifer Lewis is?" But I think it, unless you're black or gay, because gay people like we know everybody, right? But unless you're black or gay, Jennifer Lewis was kind of black famous for many many years. Yeah, and so so I, I, it's an interesting conversation. So uh, find out if you might actually be gamus uh, or how you could become gamus. Gamus coming up in this hour. Right now, though, it's time for some news on the beat. Michaela, what do you have for us? All right, babe. Well, transgender visibility in the U.S. military was on full display during the Pentagon's annual event recognizing Pride Month, which this year featured two transgender speakers in prominent positions in the aftermath of the Biden administration lifting the transgender military ban. The event took place in the Pentagon Auditorium under the theme of All Together and highlighted progress in stripping away barriers, previously preventing LGBTQ people from serving in their roles, such as Don't Ask, Don't Tell and the Transgender Military Ban. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Bree Fram, who's Transgender and Deputy Chief of Acquisition Police, uh, Polices and Processes at U.S. Space Force, said she often feared she would no longer be able to serve in uniform based on the whim of executive orders. But two months ago, when she disclosed to colleagues she was having surgery to treat cancer, she received overwhelming support, which I think is amazing. Love it. All right, another news, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention raised its monkeypox alert level on Monday and recommended travelers wear masks while cautioning that it was not on the same level of concern as COVID-19. Monkeypox presents as flu-like symptoms before patients develop a painful rash and lesions and swollen lymph nodes. Everything starts off with flu-like symptoms. That's what's confusing. I know, but then also, I'm going to be honest with you, my rash I was getting yesterday was on my dare I say nipple, but that's also because I chose not to wear a bra all weekend with Matt. Uh, well, that was called chafing. Okay, so that's not <laughs> monkeypox. No. I'm not starting off with a rash. I hope not. AJ, I swear to God. It's just your nipple. Don't I don't want to see your nipple right now. Okay, don't show me your nipple. I'm not looking. I'm looking away. This show, I swear we to God. We have an HR department, don't we? I don't know. Do they? It means nothing to me. Let's get into weather. It's going to be a high of 78 in LA, 108 in Vegas, 107 in Palm Springs, 97 in Houston, 87 in Miami, 84 in Atlanta, 71 in Cleveland, 107 in Cathedral City, and 96 in Dallas. Now give us a vibe of the day. It is not in the stars to hold our destiny, but in ourselves. You sound like Alyssa Edwards right there. We were just talking about her off the oh, air. Oh, maybe that voice, that's what I was vibing. Maybe that's what it was. Here's a vibe for you, though. Have you ever seen Kinky Boots? Yeah. Such a fun show. Uh, Channel Q has your chance to win tickets to see Kinky Boots at the iconic Hollywood Bowl next month. Uh, it's going to be there July 8th, 9th, and 10th. Wayne Brady is reprising the role of Lola. Marissa Jarrett-Winoker, Tony Award winner, is going to be playing Pat. Uh, our dear friend Jake Dupree, uh, they're going to be in the show as well. Uh, they're part of the ensemble. They're one of the dancers. It's all taking place July 8th, 9th, and 10th at the iconic Hollywood Bowl 
Head over to HollywoodBowl.com right now for your chance uh, or to, to buy tickets or uh, be listening on Friday morning in the 8 o'clock hour for your chance to win. Uh, we're going to give away tickets this this Friday, I believe. Correct, Vanessa? This Friday in the 8 o'clock hour. Ele- 11 o'clock I on the East Coast. So. Yeah, so stick around and... and, and uh, if you don't win, then go buy them. Okay, Vanessa. You're really, really on it, Hold off with the excitement. Wow. You're, you're, really, you're really producing. So. She really. went to one pride this weekend, and all of a sudden, she's exhausted. I'm so tired. Was the was the pride weekend Pride difficult? was amazing, but I'm tired. Yeah, I think part of it was we stood there for an hour and a half or two hours in the sun before we started walking. Did you at least have a drink to oh, kick it off? Oh, we had many, and that I was the drinks. problem. Okay. I had lots of tequila, and then somebody made a White Claw run. And you know how I am when I get tequila and white arms. I'm just done. Yeah. So halfway through that parade, I was ready to pass out. Yeah, I hear that. Mm. But you didn't. Sure did. And you marched on for the gay. All right, coming up, are you gayness? I know that me and AJ are, but uh, we'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Very. Good morning, B. Channel Q. What is fame? Right, You and I have worked in this industry for many years, and we've encountered fame in different uh, shapes and forms. Uh, we've also been on the other side of it where people think that we're a little bit famous every now and then, right? You because of your music and your two million followers on TikTok. Go on. Me because my partner and I are sharing everything everywhere. Or, you know, I've appeared on red carpets in the Wendy Williams show. I had a national talk show for a while. We've, we've all had our moments. Uh, but is there a difference between being famous and being gamous? Wow. Right, we're talking to an expert. We got Nicole Pasolka, author of How You Get Famous: Ten Years of Drag Madness in Brooklyn. Nicole, thank you yes, so much for joining Nicole. us. Uh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> we're doing well. We're doing well. This this is a really well, I've never felt more famous, so well, we're feeling good. This is a very <laughs> interesting conversation because uh, you talk about fame in the queer community and how celebrity and fame is sort of awarded by a different set of rules. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, I think it's some of the same rules, right? We love our glamour. We love our beauty. We love like a quick wit and a great sense of humor. But I think we also, as queer people, you know, often venerate trailblazers, difficult Mm. personalities, you know, um, people who are maybe a little bit not suitable for work, not family friendly (laughs) um, and, and activists. too, right? Um, People like we, I mean, we have legends from previous generations, people like Sylvia Rivera, Marsha P. Johnson. I mean, those are household names today, but previously they were in some ways gay famous. They were pillars of their community. Now we have people like Sarah Shulman, you know, who's an incredible author and activist who maybe not everybody knows about, but gay people sure do, Right. Right. Yeah, you know, I think one thing I learned when I was really young, and it's like the one piece of advice that I appreciate that my mom gave me. She said, if you want to be a singer, whatever you want to do, go for the gays. Because the gays will love you, <laughs> the gays will adore you, yep. and they will never, ever leave your side no matter what you do. It's true. And so my whole life, I've literally only wanted to cater to gay people. And when I went into this event this weekend, listen to me, this is not a, this is not a brag, okay? Please, I love to brag, but it's not one. I, uh, 17 years ago, was on American Idol, and you would have thought that these gays had voted for me just yesterday. Straight people (laughs) have no idea who I am anymore. The gays respect and love it. But do you think it's because, um, why why do you think that is? Like, is it just because, like, we've had to fight so hard and we just appreciate people that are so for our community? 
Sure. I also think we just love to feel seen, right? It is not a given in our day-to-day lives that culture is going to acknowledge us or represent us in any way. And I think that's painful, but also it makes you really attuned to moments when it does happen, Mm. when people are celebrating you. I mean, like Dolly Parton, Cher, Uh. these are incredible people, but they're also people who acknowledge their gay fan bases and allow themselves to be influenced by our community. And I think that that transference, that back and forth, you know, it goes both ways. And I think we just don't take it for granted. Well, yeah, it's interesting because like like you mentioned this article and I, and I know some of them. We know Sister uh, Sister Mary Roma or Sister Roma has been on the show. Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, Amazing. right? Yeah. And, and, and I was up in uh, San Francisco shooting some stuff with LGBTQ Nation last year with my partner. And we got to hang out and 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 just spend some time with some of the icons in the San Francisco, you know, the Castro district and, and the scene up there. And to to us, if I said sisters of perpetual indulgence to my mom, she would have no clue what I was talking about. To me and anyone in our community, it's very, very clear who we're talking about. So let's talk about sort of like segue into like the drag culture of our community because it's it's in a way, it's almost like how I think my straight family and friends back home feel about athletes. If I were to like have a, a conversation with like Rico O'Hara, like Shangela or like, or like someone like Bob, the drag queen, and I've met them all, but like they're all like super, super iconic, super famous in our community. What is it about drag and performance art uh, in our community that, that, that makes such, such a beautiful marriage? Totally. It's sports for gay people, right? Yeah. Drag. I think that, um, I think that, it's, it's a similar kind of thing of, you know, we have a mainstream culture that often doesn't recognize us, but if you put a drag queen on stage performing Whitney Houston, suddenly Whitney Houston, there's space in that song. There's an interpretation of, those perform- of that performance by people for gay people, mm. right? And I, think, and I think that's just a different way of imagining stardom but you have to also have the fandom to go along with it you have to play along and that's where the fun and the joy comes in yeah. seeing and it's so accessible right we can touch it we can you know we can double kiss these icons these legends at the bar and suddenly it's like way better than spending five hundred dollars or maybe not better but a, a different and amazing mm-hmm. Um, experience there's compared intimacy. to like something, yeah. yeah, yeah, something less accessible. And I think so. Yes, it's it's born of our trauma and our exclusion, but it's also born of our joy and our just sort of resilience and our ability to 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 make fun out of any situation. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I, I just think it's so much fun, especially as we're celebrating Pride. Uh, I would love and take how excited gay people get and how ridiculous we are with our glitter and our heels and Mm -hmm. our love of our community and our singers and our celebrities, then, uh, you know, no offense to the straights, but, you know, having sort of just like a very regular life. We make it so fun. Yes, we do. I would rather be gay famous than worldwide. Yes, (laughs) and and we love how you highlighted in this article uh, how to get famous. Check it out on Slate.com right now. 
Nicole Pasalka, you're, you're also, incredible. Also, is it possible if I call you uh, without the being on the morning show? Because I would just love some personal tips on how to keep being more famous. Oh my God, you're uh, <laughs> well, I don't want to. I don't just just I'll DM you. So just answer me on the DM. I you don't mean, have to say anything right now. Just shh, it's okay. Just I'll see you. In the DMs. I mean, it 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 starts in your mind, right? You've got to be a you've got to be a legend in your own mind, and, and I think it. that like. I think that there's no shame in that, and it's like a really beautiful thing. So, Nicole, amazing. She said everything we need to say. You're a legend in your own mind. I cannot wait for my extra personal tips. You're you're going to hear Thank from her you. every single day now, I'm sorry, just so it's you know. Michaela Gordon, very gamest. Very come gamous. through, come through. <laughs> Good morning, B. Channel Q. Shocking to no one, Republican Colorado Representative Lauren Boebert uh, has thoughts on children uh, attending drag shows. Kids, she she uh, went ahead and tweeted yesterday. Take your children to church, not drag bars. Yeah. Got okay. It. Well, I have a lot of really fun facts that I'd love to throw about out there church. For you. Let's do it. Um, in the past seven decades, an estimated two hundred sixteen thousand children have been uh, uh, have been abused in one of these places. I will let you guess. Was it one church, two drag bars? Uh, I would guess church. Yeah, you would be correct. Ding, 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 ding. Where's the correct the, the, the signal? You got to pull together, it to Vanessa. Me. Vanessa, you got to be ready for this. Oh, my God, Vanessa. It's I Wednesday. I got an answer right. I mean, we're... In... Okay. Okay, that, that <laughs> works too, I guess. That was not the ding, ding, ding I was looking okay, for. but it but is a plus. We live for the applause. Also, Lauren Boebert is so interesting because uh, in 2004... Her husband, Jason Bobert, was arrested for exposing his penis to a group of teenage girls in a bowling alley. Yeah, so... And uh, what happened was they were talking about their tattoos, and he said he had a tattoo uh, to these young girls. Um, so not only was he a pervert, he was eavesdropping, like, mind your own business. They yeah, were talking disgusting. to you. And then he showed them uh, his penis. I would so, also like to just call out that the Southern Baptist Church right now is in some hot water because apparently... Uh, there have been thousands of cases of sexual assault on uh, individuals, minors, uh, and that's all been in the last like 15 years. So the Southern Baptist Church is going through it. The Catholic Church is going through it. Like all church organizations, Hillsong, that big church from Australia. Oh, they're that, getting dragged. They're getting dragged. Uh, we we reported that just not that long ago on the church in Indiana where the guy said he's repenting after having an affair. And then the woman got up there. She said, no, you're raping me as a teenager. Yes. Up until just two weeks ago when we were busted by my brother. Uh, and the congregation was like cheering for him initially and then started to slowly turn on him. It, this, this conversation about it's what the Repo- Republican Party is so good at. Trans bathroom bills making it a huge issue, right? Uh, trans athletes making that a huge issue. That's really not an issue in most places and shouldn't be anywhere. Um, and then now this idea of like, oh, the gays are taking their kids or they're trying to indoctrinate and groom children at drag shows. Like watch an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race and understand like what these queens actually go through just to find love and acceptance and a safe place to totally, perform totally. their art. And you would understand that it's so much bigger also, than this. Also, let me just tell you something. When I was 17 years old, I sang at an AIDS benefit where I met my first round of drag queens. And they taught me how to not only contour before the Kardashians ever existed and what banana powder was. They were also so kind and so loving to me before I took to the stage. And the confidence that they gave me to go on stage 
was uh, more supportive than any woman like Lauren Boebert has ever given a woman like me. Those women have always judged me and been quite rude. So I would take my child to a drag bar any day at any age to see the artistry that's being done by people who are so incredibly supportive and open-minded. Even my niece, I took my niece to the Abbey last week because uh, we had a meeting and the Abbey is a restaurant during the day and everyone was so kind and wonderful and loving to my niece. We're not dealing with monsters here. I mean, they're wonderful human beings. Mm -hmm. They're not predators and perverts like Gordon Bobert's husband. Yeah, I'd like to remind you of of, of some some more church facts, some fun church facts. In 2019, an investigation uh, detailed that nearly 400 Southern Baptist leaders from youth pastors to top ministers had pled guilty or been convicted of sex crimes against more than 700 victims. That was in 2019. That was 400. Now, since then, there's been a new study that came out just last week, a report that there have been over 1,000 since 2007 they've uncovered so far. And we know those are just the victims who have come forward. Exactly. How many countless others are there in all of these church organizations across the country? So I'm so tired. Get off your soapbox, Lauren. Get off shut up. Conservatives, like, just let it go. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. All right, it's time for our next round of What's Poppin'. I look forward to these every single day, Michaela, because you always bring us so much tea on pop culture well, and I'm entertainment. Well, I've done my job. Uh, and this one involves uh, an icon, correct? Madonna. Yeah. What's poppin'? Okay, if you haven't seen uh, Inventing Anna, Wild. you're missing out. Anna Delvey. Now, if you haven't seen Ozark, you're also missing out. Also missing out. Because Julia Garner is an incredible, phenomenal actress. She's having a moment. Having a huge moment. She has just been offered the role of Madonna in a forthcoming biopic about the pop icon. Uh, Now, Julia garnered uh, to be the favorite actress from over a dozen candidates um, as she has played so many different roles that are so challenging. Her character in Ozark is wild. Oh, so layered and intense and she yeah. plays like a straight up hillbilly. Yeah, but then she's in Inventing Anna, like a sociopath genius with this weird accent. Like a socialite, super wealthy. She can do it all. She can do it all. I, she can do it all. And if, and if you're casting for this biopic, if you're casting like a young Madonna, you got to think Madonna with short curly hair, blonde ambition, uh, cone era yeah. Madonna. Yeah. She looks just like This her. is it. She looks just like Madonna. I'm excited. I am too. I love it. You know, I think that it's really important to have these biopics constantly coming out because as we're in Pride Month, we always talk about our icons, uh, our trailblazers, and Madonna was a trailblazer. And I feel like in this later years of her life, our newer generation is like, what is she doing, this woman on social media? But especially in the day, Madonna was groundbreaking. Madonna did so much for our community, and I think it's a great way to reintroduce her legacy, and uh, I'm excited for Julie to play her. Okay. And that's on that, baby. All right, coming up in our final hour, uh, we are talking this preacher figured out what's actually wrong with men. We now understand why they're big, hairy, and ugly. And no, they're not the Loch Ness Monster. It's more than that. Next. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. All right, this is about to ruffle some feathers. Uh, Buckle up, Michaela. You're going to enjoy this one. Here's a direct quote. We are called to be led by men. 
God sent women out when they had to do their thing, but when it was time to face down Goliath, he sent David. Not Davida, oh. David. Not Mama Moses. Hey! Daddy Moses. <gasps> right? No. Not Davida! God made men, and he knew what he was doing when he made men big and hairy and ugly. It's because you're supposed to scare away predators, whether they're in the <laughs> woods or standing in front of your kids in elementary school. Sounds like a religious zealot, yeah. right? Some wacko leader. Whoa. He was talking to a church, but this is Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, Republican, uh, from the state of North Carolina. This is this is this is essentially the vice president of North Carolina. People, yeah, and he's saying these things to a congregation, uh, a black congregation in North Carolina, uh, and saying that God made men big and ugly and hairy so that we could step up. And take care of all those female predators. So he made you monsters? In elementary schools who were, who were talking <laughs> about queer people. Well, I'm going to just say this. What? Where does this come from? I know. This could easily be triggering. I hear it. But I will say this. I just got back. Y'all got me in a good mood, honey. Because I, this weekend, was with 1,000 gay men as the only woman. And then I was with 1,000 uh, lesbian women. And with the gay men, I just want to say... I feel like men. Also, by the way, it is a mental health awareness month for men specifically. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important that we talk about that. Maybe we can talk about it this week. Uh, but that, you know, you do struggle with uh, mental health and, and depression and rejection and fear. And, you know, when I was with all of these gay men, I often talk about how uh, men, some men, particularly straight men, I just don't care for because of ideals like this. Yeah. However, I it's was Neanderthal. Yeah, it is. It's just, but when I was with a thousand men, as a five foot two woman, I've never felt safer, protected, completely. more protected, yep. loved. I had hardly any clothes on, and all of the men just thought I looked so fabulous. If I needed help with anything, they were very quick to help. I don't know how many women could say they went to a festival with a thousand men and felt safer than they've ever felt. Well, you know, felt. What, you know what I think that is? I think that, listen, for all the problems that we have as gay men in our community, and there are plenty, trust me, I get it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of some of them. I, I will say this. We can be catty. We can be judgy. We, we deflect. We don't deal with emotion sometimes. Whatever. When it comes to our community, though, like we're protective of it. Yeah. We can we can drag each other, shade each other all day long, but we protect our own. And that doesn't necessarily mean just gay men either. If you're if you're a woman, if you're an ally, you're in our space. You, you're sharing space with us. We protect you. Yeah. Straight men aren't the same. It's it's not the same. They look out for I themselves would never, and maybe like their family. And that's it. Well, and I would never go to a festival with a thousand straight men. No. I would be terrified. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? On the other hand, I then went to a festival with a thousand women, and I was just in my mind like, oh my god, I could never be with a man. Like I'm obsessed with women. Yeah. And they also took care of me, yep. and I took care of them, and we had the best time, and it was. It's just, it's, I feel so blessed to be in the situation that I'm in where I can live my truth and my authenticity. Mm -hmm. And I wish that other women felt empowered to know that they don't need men to protect them. Other women will protect them. You know what I think it is? I think that straight people are just jealous. Maybe. I actually genuinely believe that though. Do you? Yes. Because I, so many of my straight friends and some family members, they just never ever experience the freedom that we're forced 
to like learn well, to be comfortable with. You know what, Vanessa, if you're comfortable with Hot Bun, your man, yeah. who's a straight cis male, went to the parade. The parade this weekend. We marched together. He's fan- Joshua is fantastic, by the way. What did Josh say? Yeah, Such a he, strong ally. He kept saying, he's like, I'm jealous. Like, I wish I was a gay man. Because like, they're over here like... Like, they just can be themselves. And I was like, you could also be yourself. Yeah. He's like, yeah, they're like wearing Speedos. I was like, Joshua, you could wear a Speedo yes. and a cowboy hat if you want to. You could do this. I don't mind. Uh-huh. And he's like, no, I can't. I was like, yes, you can. But he just did not feel comfortable. Right. There, there but, and he was very jealous. Like, he wanted to. I was like, go for it. There's a belief system with straight men that they have to act and be a certain way, which is why I'm glad you brought up Mental Health Awareness Month for men, because it is such, like, this toxic masculinity from this lieutenant governor mark robinson yeah. in north carolina is just so vile and disgusting and like just not accurate like like god no god did not create men big and strong and hairy no. so that they could scare away you know sexual predators from children god made men big and strong and hairy for sex obviously that's obviously it, it's to, to go to bear parties yes. he went so that you could dress up like leather daddies <laughs> and find other bears and then i got to host the parties that you're attending <laughs> tell me something good how about we kick things off with another little Pride Month history lesson for you. The outbreak of AIDS in the United States dominated the struggle for gay rights in the 1980s and early 1990s. Are talking about gay people? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. You just came back from gay days. It was a just lot. Kidding. I get it. But this is a very just serious kidding. conversation, no, Michaela. <laughs> she heard it when she said it. In 1981. I did. I, did. I was I like, this is not the way I know. I know. In 1981, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention published a report about five previously healthy homosexual men becoming infected with a rare type of pneumonia. By 1984, researchers had identified the cause of AIDS, the Human Immunodeficiency Virus, or HIV, and the Food and Drug Administration licensed the first commercial blood test for HIV in 1985. Two years later, the first antiviral, uh, antiretroviral medication for HIV, uh, AZT, became available. Gay rights proponents held the second National March on Washington for Lesbian and Gay Rights in 1987. The occasion marked the first national coverage of ACT UP, which was the AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power, an advocacy group seeking to improve the lives of AIDS victims. The World Health Organization in 1988 declared December 1st to be World AIDS Day. First cases in 1981 took seven years for world, the World Health Organization to, or, to recognize it in that way. My gosh. Can you imagine... The no. pandemic we've been through the last couple of if they just if we're still just waiting for answers this long, that's 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 what our community was going through in the nineteen eighties. Just un unimaginable. Unfathomable. That's crazy. All right, well this is also crazy, a little bit different though. Imagine getting a free sofa from someone, taking off the sofa cushions to wash the covers, and you find thirty six thousand dollars. What? What would you do? You just have a regular couch and you find all of this money. A woman in Colton, California was faced with this exact scenario uh, when she brought home a free used cof- uh, sofa from Craigslist. Vicky Amodu had just moved into a new house, was looking for items to furnish it. Uh, and she said she saw this. She clicked on a, the, the ad and uh, it was legitimate. She snagged a beige flowered sofa and two matching chairs. Uh, but she said $36,000 was found in it. She was telling her son, come here, look at this. So she called the family and told them that they had found some hidden cash. Uh, and they went and returned it to the uh. original sofa <clears throat> owner. Um, and they were so grateful that they gave $2,200 uh, to the woman and said, thank you so much for bringing this back. Well, to that me. was the cost of the new refrigerator she needed to buy. Yeah. So they bought her a refrigerator. How for her. sweet is that? that? Is so adorable. I'd be like, oh yeah, there were, there was only eight grand in here. 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. There was a hundred dollars. Surprise. Found this hundred stuck in the crack. Would you turn? Would you return it? Yes. Yeah, me too. I think karma is real. Me and too. I think that is a, I think these things are like tests. I do too. Thirty-six thousand dollars. Awesome. That's cool. Um, I would feel guilty spending every single penny. I would feel guilty for the rest of my life. Although I will say one time. Uh, I was waiting tables at a restaurant and my grandfather passed away and I found out and I still had to go do one more shift that night before I could drive home. And I was, I was, uh, so devastated, um, and going through it. And I, I'd had another shift the next day that I gave up. Right. So I could go home and like my Saturday shift was like my big shift. So I was giving that up and I was like really worried. I, I was, I felt so terrible because I was young and I had to like pay for my bills, but I also wanted to go more in my grandfather. And usually on a Saturday night, I would make about 160 bucks. I could kind of count on that, right? And this is in Columbus, Ohio, like 20 years ago. And my last table of my Friday shift before I got to go home, they left me a $160 tip, a two-top, two people, $160. They have eight, wow, eight 20s. And I tried to find them, because they, and they were oh, gone. Oh, so sweet. And I... I I don't think I mentioned anything about what I was going through. Maybe somebody else did. I don't know if the servers got together and actually did it. Nobody ever told me, but everybody knew that I was like pretty stressed about like having to go home and like not pay rent. And because of that, and I, to this day, I'm like, maybe it was my grandpa. I don't know. Yeah. So I think money, when it comes to money, you, you got to do right by people. Also, Vivian, uh, what are you doing up there? Send me some money now. Yeah, she needs 10 grand to finish her album. Yeah, Viv, enough. Pull like, it together. Ugh, grow up, Vivian. All <laughs> <laughs> right, well, that's the end of our show. I'm so happy to be back. I missed you, of course. We're going to continue celebrating, talking about all things that are very important. Uh, stick around for three hours of music curated just for you. And then let's go there with Shira and Ryan, ending your day with Loveline with Dr. Chris. We'll see you tomorrow.